Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Turned into In case you've got no idea what's going on, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, <laughs> we've taken over. Um, wait a minute, you've got to hit this bit. You've got to do the flick of the wrist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The memes on Facebook of this He got like a cardinal <laughs> Just getting ready for maths Yeah, guy just, And then guy just standing in the middle Taking a photo And this poor young girl Trying to dance Trying to dance This sort of interpretive dance And all these bishops Anyway Welcome to the You Disciple podcast In welcome. case you've got no idea what's going on uh, This is our post-World Youth Day uh special edition. So if you didn't go to World Youth Day, none of what just happened in the last 25 seconds made sense. Uh, but if you were there, you'll know exactly what, what that was all about. But we've been joined by uh, Lisa and Emma and Joe today. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Good Thank day. you. Good to see you. Wonderful to be here. <laughs> Bit of a reunion, really. <laughs> it's nice to actually not be so bleary-eyed and... Uh Enjoy yeah. rehashing some old some stories from our time together. And that's pretty much all we're going to do. We've given ourselves some time to sit down and have a bit of a chat about our World Youth Day experience. And we all went with the Archdiocese of Melbourne, but through slightly different routes into World Youth Day. And so we thought it might be, it's been a couple of weeks since most of us have been back. And we thought, hey, let's get together on the podcast and have a bit of chat about our experience. So, Emma, you were on the longest pilgrimage. You went in through the Holy Land. Yep. Um, it was a large group. Yeah, so there was um, 79 of us all together. So, yeah, great fun. And, like, if, if you had to sort of sum it up in one word, like what would it be, your, your World Youth Day sort of word? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Um. Well, I, I actually think the name of the pilgrimage itself, which is not one word, but Footsteps of Jesus, um, is so appropriate. Um, you really do just walk in the footsteps of Jesus and experience and encounter him um, as you're walking in, the, in his footsteps. And Joe, like you went in with the Emerging Leaders Program, which was a new program this year, and so 80-odd sort of teachers and leaders from Catholic organisations in through Rome first – uh, and you had the wonderful experience of being in the encounter with the Pope, and I want to get yeah. to that a little bit later. Footsteps of Peter. Footsteps of Peter. Quoted, called out. <laughs> and then obviously on to World Youth Day, which was a, yes. a really different experience as well. Like if you had to sum it up in one word. Uh, World Youth Day or... Rome? Well, the whole thing. Manic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll unpack that one later. <laughs> no, uh, just a great blessing, I'd say. Blessing, yeah. 
And Lisa, we spent a bit of time together in the end because you were one of our pilgrimage coordinators with our under-18 pilgrims. So we had over well, about 100 and something. 120. Yeah, um, under-18s who went as part of their school or parish community. Yes. And you led that. Um, yes. <laughs> have you got one word to, to wrap that one up? I would say graced. Graced. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Okay, so we're going to unpack that one later on. Sure. And I think my... Um, What's my one word for World Youth Day? Um, I think graced is a good one. Um, I would just say amazing. Like I just, the more I've reflected on it and the more I've started to sort of speak to people and hear stories, just some real um, amazing moments, big moments and small moments. Um, the DJ priest on Sunday morning was pretty uh, amazing. I've been to a few World Youth Days and that was a that was a wake up like never before. <laughs> no, it was far nicer than some of the alarms that they yeah. had blaring <laughs> in previous ones. Um, Joe, when we were in Rome with the emerging leaders, um, we heard from Father Stephen Wang on on the first day, who was an English priest, and he said to the pilgrims at that point, and I don't know whether many of them believed him, but he said, mm. often you'll find on pilgrimage that the reason you go on pilgrimage and the reason God wants you on pilgrimage are two distinctly different things. Mm. Um, why did you go on pilgrimage? Well, I, I had a conversation with you and you said, do you want to go to Rome? <laughs> and I was like, mm, let me think about it. Yes. Um, uh, I think that I I had an opportunity, yeah, to... I just had a really crazy few months beforehand. Like I was just on placement and it was really busy and I wanted... It's funny, like I wanted a time to like relax and <laughs> which was not what happened at World Youth Day, but anyway, it was it was very, very beautiful in and in other ways. Um but uh I think for me, yeah, it was it was just this uh yeah, sort of like a bit of a, like I was looking for a retreat, I guess. Um but I but And and then you had a manic experience. <laughs> with one point yeah. five million people. <laughs> <laughs> no exaggeration, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, but I think the reason why God wanted me on World Youth Day, I don't. Yeah, I'll have to reflect a bit more on that one. But because there were so many different little things, um, yeah. So I'll have to sit with that one a bit more. I think. And yeah. Lisa and Emma, like we obviously went in a work capacity, like leading the pilgrimage. And so I think that that sort of adage sort of speaks even more true to us because even though we go to work. God has a whole heap of stuff in store. Was there anything that, you, that you've already unpacked a little bit and sort of gone, no, this is what God wanted to say to me while I was on pilgrimage? Yeah, I think for me, um, being able to accompany ex-students of mine, so I taught them in year three, and then to see them as young adults and to experience World Youth Day with them, um, I certainly could see firsthand their growth and resilience as a young person really coming into their own um, and equally the deepening of faith and their seeking to understand and that connection to the more universal church, that they're part of something far bigger than they realise um, and that invitation to be proud and to um, really own that part of their their um, personality and of their their life um, and have confidence to talk to others about it too. They were such a beautiful group of kids. They were amazing. Absolutely. One of my highlights, I think, hanging out with those young 
young men and women, they were, mm. yeah, you, 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 I said to a lot of people, you caught the joy that they yes. had. Oh, so yes. shout out to my under 18 brothers and sisters if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> I miss you guys. <laughs> like, and I went to my first World Youth as a 16 year old, and I remember then that experience of going, oh, like, I'm not the only one. Well, this is a church that is much bigger than my own and starting to be able to put some of those questions that I had about faith and about life and life as a disciple in the context of something much larger than anything I'd ever experienced before. And I think that is one of the things about World Youth Day. It's a series of large events. Yeah. Do you have any um, memorable moments from some of those big sort of World Youth Day <laughs> moments? Um, I think... <laughs> the first day I went out with the under-18s because I was in an over-18 pilgrimage, but I, I'd sort of gone, oh, I'll come and help out. And so um, – and went, okay, we're going out as one big group off to the welcoming ceremony for <laughs> with Pope Francis. And the road got cut off. <laughs> right. And the group did this. And it, like, split our group in half. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay, let's just go. And so we just – we found our own place. We set up and – um, but you know, in the middle of that chaos, like there's so much joy and you're just surrounded. Like it feels like heaven. I remember saying that from the first time I went to World Youth Day back very long time ago, back in 2005. But I remember just like coming out and going, everyone is singing. Everyone's happy. Someone turned to me and said, mm. oh, it's like we're all going to the MCG. And I went, except we're all on the same team. And how awesome is that we're all cheering for Jesus. And um, and they were just like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so that chaotic mess, but like loving on Jesus. The chaos, if you mean, and Joe, you said the word manic. Like, I love it because, and I had a conversation with one of our young teachers about this early on in the pilgrimage, that it's actually one of the few times in your life where it's okay to actually let go of mm. control mm. Uh, and to sort of go, the longer I try and hold on to this and try to control this experience, um, the harder it's going to be. And like, so that day was a great one because we had a really good, apart from that split, but then we all came back together. It was like, okay. And so we're like, we're going back to the exact same spot for Friday for the Stations of the Cross. And we had all of these plans. It was like, okay, we're going to do exactly the same thing. And we got to this point in the road and the police said, no, go. And they put us on the completely other side of the park in a spot that we knew nothing about. And it was just like, well, this is, this is what we've got to do. But um, there's very few times in our life where it's actually okay to be a little bit out of control mm. and let God take control. And I think that teaches us something about the spiritual life mm. and when we're coming home as well as sort of going, okay, and I'm a bit of a control freak. Don't, don't laugh too hard there. <laughs> I'll quote you on that. Uh, but actually, World Youth Day, you just have to go, do you know what? Mm. What will be will be mm. and we'll make the most out of it. But in some of those moments, yeah. you get you get these really powerful encounters. It's really God moments. Yeah. yeah. Sister Natalie uh, Beecarth, <laughs> can't, can't pronounce her last name, she's French. Um, she said she was giving us talks on... Um, uh, so on the Emerging Leaders pilgrimage, we had a series of lectures. Um, yeah, Father Stephen Wang and others. Um, but Sister, uh, Sister Natalie was one of our speakers and she said that journeying with Christ is like sailing on sea. Like you have to discern um, the good waves of the Holy Spirit 
from the bad ways of the uh, bad waves of the enemy of Christ, and and that um, yeah, like it's it's like learning how to sail. Like it, there's ebbs and flows, and um, I thought that was a really beautiful image. And one of a one of her um, points was that like just uh, she made the first thing about sailing and learning how to sail and that static sort of wave. Um, but then her second point was. Um, that there's always going to be storms, and that not every storm has a, um, not 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 every storm lasts forever. That uh, storms have an end. Um, I just thought that it was really beautiful, and and um and I, that was definitely World Youth Day. Like you had to sail with the tides and the ebbs and flows, and really really learn how to surrender, and yeah, in a really real way. And so one of those experiences where we had to learn to sail with the tide was that for the emerging leaders and the Italian Way pilgrimage. Um, the Archbishop and his team here in Melbourne um, had written a letter to the Holy Father and told none of us about it and said, hey, <laughs> we're coming to Rome. Is there any chance we can have a meeting? And so when we arrived on the Sunday in Rome, the Archbishop pulled a few of us aside and said, um, we might have to change plans on Wednesday. And we're like, oh, it's already, already the Bishop's deciding to change plans and we've just arrived. <laughs> and then he said, because the Holy Father wants to see us. Wow. And you were, you were there, Joe. And obviously, um, we made the decision not to tell pilgrims. Um, and we sort Kept of snuck me. you into the Vatican. <laughs> um, can you share what it was like when you're in... So we're in the Paul VI. There was like a, a little audience room. There was yeah. 120 of us. Well, before that, I was, was <laughs> at the hotel. And I'm, I'm sitting with... You're going to tell this story? Yeah. <laughs> sitting with Father Michael Buck. Oh, no, oh, no. no. Different story. Okay, different, keep going. You, you can tell <laughs> no, that you story. tell your story. Throw <laughs> yourself under the bus. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting with Father Michael Buck and he said, I don't know why we're making such a big deal out of this. We're just going to see the Vatican. He goes, I think we're going to see the Pope. And I was like, what? And so I made a bet with one of the emerging leaders, shout out to Jacob. Um, and I said, I'm going to bet you an Aperol Spritz that we're seeing the Pope today. <laughs> and he's like, dude, we're not seeing the Pope. Like, He's the most important man in the world. Like, he doesn't want to see us, mate. And um, anyway, so <laughs> we rock up to Paul VI and we're going behind these gates. And um, yeah, it was, I was like, I think we're going to see the Pope. And then I was sitting with my mate Kyle, who's also a fellow musician, and he had his guitar. Like, Shout out to Kyle. Sh- no, not to Kyle. Did an oh. awesome <laughs> job. Shout out Kyle. Yeah, he did. He's <laughs> the Indian Ed Sheeran. That I was like, to call him. Moving on. So <laughs> his guitar was in the in the middle of the aisle, well, like sticking out. And the security guard goes up to him and says, hey, sir, uh, move your guitar. The papa is coming. <laughs> and then me and Cole just look at each other and he goes, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Stories that Kyle probably doesn't want podcast on a podcast. Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. And then he just... He just walked in, man, and I don't usually like you know, there's some people who are, like super ultra spiritual or whatever. Like, but he he was shining, like he had this glow about him. Maybe because he was wearing all white, <laughs> but he, he just he had such an aura, and he, and he and he he had such a youthfulness, and I felt like um yeah, you just felt very seen by him. Um, you felt very special, and you felt very i can't describe like it was it was crazy. I, I remember leaving um, and he said uh, and sorry and I, I just i just spent the whole afternoon in tears but anyway because it's such a amazing experience um 
well, just to let you know that he said no to the Prime Minister, like, the week before he saw us for, like, a 15-minute session with him. And then you got a couple of kids from youth group and then... <laughs> who told you that? Some, I heard someone, had to, like, a few people had told me that. <laughs> he said no to some, like, high delegates or something. Anyway, <laughs> there was some important person he said no to. Yeah, okay, not the Prime Minister. Let's wasn't it? It wasn't the Prime Minister. Start. We're starting uh, rumours. Unsubstantiated rumours <laughs> on, li- uh, on our little <laughs> podcast. I'm trying to like push up the subscribers on this yeah, exactly. podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> Make it News bigger. broken here <laughs> first. Salt and pepper, yeah. <laughs> International <laughs> diplomatic <laughs> incident <laughs> started by <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> 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 Anyway. Now I'm starting to wish we did edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't. No, he did say no. He says has to say no to lots of people, mm. but he said yes to us, and he gave us 45 minutes. But I think I just yeah. want to pick you up on that. Like you felt seen, and I had an encounter with a pilgrim at the papal welcome in Lisbon, where this young pilgrim came to me and said he looked at me, and I think that's one of the the beauties of World Youth Day is that young people have an encounter with Peter, the successor of Peter, and there is that real tangible connection to Christ and the church through that encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, the beauty of World Youth Day going for 30 years is that that, that has moved through different popes, mm-hmm. like, and different popes' personalities, but that people are still having an encounter with, with Peter and the role of Peter and the centrality of Peter to the life of the church. Mm-hmm. Joe, can you remember like one thing that either the Pope said or that you took from that encounter with him in Rome? I um, Well, the first thing you said, actually, when you were in the room, you said, just take a moment and don't take photos. So I remember I just have all these like rushed photos at the end because I just wanted to take some photos. But I, I when you said that, I, I was conscious to be just very present to that moment. And um, so I didn't wasn't taking notes or anything, but <coughs> three things stuck out to me. The first question that got asked was, what's your message for the world? And Pope Francis said um, that Christ is with you and he never tires of being with you. And then I started crying <laughs> already. It was like two minutes in. Um, but just, yeah, that, that, that no matter, you know, no matter what we've done, no matter how far off we've gone, um, you know, our failures, our weaknesses, our sins, um, that Christ is there the whole time and he never tires of welcoming us back and he never tires of, of having us, of, of being our friend. Um, beautiful. Um, there was a lot of teachers in the room, so um, he gave us uh, some advice from uh, for teachers and he said that being a teacher is like raising a child, or it's like being a parent, sorry, um, that uh, students need um, they need freedom, like they can't be ha- have a tyrannical like sort of power over them. Um, that they need to yeah have that freedom to to live and to have their own ideas and to engage and sp- and we need to spark that curiosity within them, um, but also not to just let them loose, but to to guide them in a very uh, intentional manner. Um, but just weighing up those two two factors. Um, that was really good for me because um, it's like, yeah, it's good parenting advice as well. Like don't sort of control and be a tyrant, but but give them that My freedom. kids would love to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> other, other two things he said, be normal 
and find your spouse at World Youth Day. <laughs> so did <And> you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and the third, uh, the the final point that I that I took away from that uh, from that whole thing was, if someone asked like, how do you, um, like, w- how do we evangelize? You know, how do we change the world? How do we change the church? Um, how do we go on mission and and save the world? Basically, um, he said a, he said a few things before he led to this point. But this is his final point that he left with us in the answer to how do you evangelize the world and how do you change the world? He said, um, do you pray and how do you pray? And so those, those were the two things he left with us. And, um, yeah, so that was yeah, my experience with the Pope. <laughs> This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Why? <laughs> we actually were counting at the. Um, well, opening mass, how many times it was played in the, you know, hours beforehand, <laughs> yes. sitting there. I got up to 15, oh, 15 wow. times of the whole song. And <laughs> I had this running joke with one of the synapses. Here we go, this is a bit. The chorus that I still don't know the words to. No, I don't know. It's so European. It is so European. <laughs> what about I the love video it. clip? That I hate you it. You would love that. The <laughs> Um, I mean, not in the video clip. He took off his buttons. <laughs> <laughs> now that's very European. Sorry. This is like... Well, <laughs> Highlights for Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's children are going to love this podcast. I just, I just know it now. No okay. party like a Catholic party. So, <laughs> so I just want to ask a question. Truth, truthfully, <clears throat> how many of you have found it and listened to it since you've been back? I'm the only one. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I listened to it in the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? No. no yeah, no, like, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but once I got back and I recovered <laughs> and I'd slept and I got over a bit of sickness, I then started to feel sad mm. because yeah. it was all over really quickly. Yeah. Um, and that most people in my life, um, who I love very dearly, but they cared for about three and a half minutes <laughs> and then they moved on to something else. And this experience was just so much bigger than the crowds and the Pope and the or heat. Or even just Lisbon and what did you see in Lisbon? Yeah. yeah. Or Fatima and Bishop Barron. Yeah. So how have you found it since being back? It's been amazing to be able to connect with um, people from my school and parish um, and people from work and beyond and family to talk about some of the highlights um, and to share some photos and, um, yeah, really speak about those moments that are still resonating. You know what's funny? I, um, I have an Instagram account, but I don't, don't have all the accounts that, you know, like the Snapchats and all that sort of stuff. But um, the one night where I had really bad jet lag, that was when I actually uploaded all my photos. And um, and I'm really sad about that 
because what happened was when I saw people, they were like, wow, you looked like you had an amazing trip. That looked so amazing. And they're like, I've seen it all. And mm. they didn't even ask a leading question. And I was kind of like, oh, like I regret. I put them there for my memories, but it, it doesn't get that engagement. So I was sort of, it feels so shallow and empty in that moment um, for something that has been life-changing. Mm. Um, you cannot, uh, yeah, look, I don't believe anyone went there that didn't have their life changed. Um, yeah. The thing that I find a challenge is that even people who want to ask questions, I find them asking the wrong question. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, I'm happy to talk about this, but like the stuff that you can capture in photos and the stuff that most people want to talk about is actually not yeah. the stuff that really affected me. And I, I still, like, I find myself sort of thinking about new moments of that. Like, it's only been two and a half weeks and I think mm. I'm still unpacking lots of those different pieces. Yeah. But it's really good to share the big stuff. But for me, like, the, the moments of quiet or the moments of individual conversation or the moments of prayer that you can't really describe. And so I often find... Um, that I'm sort of cheapening the experience a little mm. bit by talking about it too much because um, the only people that really understand were actually people that were there as well. Mm. And that's where I love actually catching mm. up with other people and hearing their stories okay. because in a certain way it was a common experience that we had together mm. um, and that that's where it's really going to have to stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I... Um, I t- <laughs> got back and um i told one of my uncles i was like uncle uncle tim i met the pope and he goes who cares <laughs> go see your dad more <laughs> that's what he said to me it's no one gets it like yeah. no one understands and like um yeah i just no one no one can and, and it's like even before like hearing other people's experiences i never be it was my first world youth day um when people described it to me, it's like, oh yeah, uh, uh, like you live sort of vicariously through their description. But then, like I had no preparation whatsoever of what was about to hit me. Mm. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's really yeah, no one understands unless you've been through it together. I think you have to do a bit of work on it as well. And I think it's it's very easy just to think about the photos and think about the big events. Um, I think people actually need to spend a bit of time reflecting. And actually asking themselves a few questions around, okay, why was it such a powerful experience? Or why do I feel a bit sort of empty or Mm. alone or even shallow now that it's over and I'm back at my ordinary life? And I think you've got to be willing to engage in that. Otherwise, the experience will just wash over you. Yeah, Um, you have to be intentional. Um, Very much so. I think um, we took a couple of days off when we came back and... I know for me the spaces were really helped me to, um, yeah, to, to come to ter- – like, you know, I, I obviously wanted to have time with my family and to um, sleep, lots of sleep, yeah. <laughs> um, when, when we could, um, when we weren't jet-lagged. But um, for me it was actually just – I went along to um, mass in the morning and then I'm – working normally when I do that if I if I'd go and so I'd normally you rush back home and get back to to working and then 
but it was for me like going off and going, oh, I'm going to go into Adoration Chapel. <laughs> and I just sat there. I actually walked in and um, there were some very faithful people praying the Divine Mercy. And, and I was just like, oh, I just wanted silence. And, I, and it was like realising that I was craving time just alone, like, um, but having that. But, bit, so, but then I actually started to embrace it and I was like, this is special. I'm part of – I was with the community – but now there, there's a new community here that I can actually engage with. Um, so it was kind of this double blessing, but then I did get my quiet time just to actually sit there and reflect on um, how was I feeling post all of this? Um, what, was, what was sort of sifting to the top as some of my highlights and why were they highlights? Are you willing to share one with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um <coughs> From the Holy Land trip, um, I think that one of the major ones that sort of sifted to the top was actually, and it surprised me, was the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, we were very blessed. We actually got to go and have Mass there after. Um, but was there and um, my mum has always said, so shout out to my mum, very wise woman. Um, she actually has always said to me when I've shared about the kids and the struggles that um, just in parenting and loving upon them when not always feeling the love back. Mm-hmm. And she'd just say, like, go and sit in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and give those burdens to him and he will take them to the cross. And so wow. I've often pictured that in prayer when I've been praying for my kids. So I was there and I was just, like, praying for my kids. And um, shout out to Kiara, Sana, Uzziah and Elijah. Um, <coughs> but... As I was doing that, then the image of Peter cutting off the soldier's ear came to my mind and we just read through the scripture as a group. And as it happened, I was just like Jesus saying to me, like, you don't need to respond to be defensive. You don't need to be angry. Like, allow my compassion and my love. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, my natural, you know, is... Get, if someone's attacking me, <laughs> shout out to shout David. Shout out to David. <laughs> shout out to David. <laughs> and my phone. It was like the most profound moment we of the podcast. We, we could bring him in if we want. <laughs> I want to hear the rest of this. <laughs> but yeah, and so, and I was just there like, I can't do that in my own strength. And it was just this mm. total, but that was what Jesus experienced in that Garden of Gethsemane. And so just being there with Jesus and knowing but he's promising that he would give me the strength to do that mm-hmm. and knowing that he then went... And then we walked on to Calvary. Mm-hmm. We walked on to that. Um, yeah, so that was mind-blowing. Yeah. That is amazing. We had, a, we had a moment like this at World Youth Day, didn't we? Sort of when oh, my yeah. phone... <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the under-18 pilgrims who <laughs> were there the night. That <laughs> I was leading prayer and Teresa rang me on my phone and yeah. interrupted our prayer. Um, what about you, Lisa? Was Is there something sort of that since you've been back that has come to your heart or mind about your experience that maybe surprised you a bit? Yeah, so there's highlights like the um, welcoming of the Pope and when he spoke about everyone, everyone, everyone welcome and the 1.5 million responding to that. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Um, But I think uh, a question from the under-18 pilgrims, um, and it was from Isabel, who asked Archbishop Peter in our Melbourne catechesis, uh, so Archbishop Peter was speaking to the um, pilgrims around being propelled, called and recognised. 
and Isabel's question was, why Mary? And Archbishop Peter mm. spoke about um, that God had recognised in Mary a disciple's heart and that she may not have had that full capacity, but she certainly grew into that. Um, and that's just a beautiful image and question that's really resonated and I keep thinking about. Beautiful. Mm. What about you, Joe? Is there something that surprised you that sort of since you've been back has the Lord's placed on your heart? I think the under-18s were my, probably one of the biggest heart, like <laughs> apart from meeting the Pope, um, just being with <coughs> being with the under-18s was really amazing. Like you spoke, you touched on um, like uh, letting go or, or, or it's, it's okay to be a bit out of control and, and I think that's the experience of youth. Some, um, you know, um, it's just this. Experience. Yeah, not that much out of control. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there were, were moments. There, there were moments where many was, moments. No, there wasn't. It was always in control. <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just, I just think that there was, there were moments where I uh, got called in to lead prayer and 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 music and and just even walking down the street with my guitar in my hand and all the all the under 18s singing along and. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed hanging out with them. There were like I caught that youth, that youthfulness and that joy, um, and it's just this like invitation again to like to let go. Like it's okay, and and I felt like I really felt that that control that you know us Australians have. You know everything's very red tape and controlled and measured, and but then it, when there's one point five million people just lobbed into a city, um, there was a moment like uh, the first mass, like I hadn't even really kicked off yet like the pope hadn't arrived or anything but we bought like a small group like I, I was with the under 18s and um there was just so many people and then me and you were sitting we, we were sitting next to each other at some point during the mass and you said the altar isn't even on that screen which is probably about maybe a kilometer in front of us he goes you said it's actually about two kilometers to the right yeah i just and you, you can't even think about 1.5 million people and then i was just like my gosh and then and then it clicked for me even more when we received when we all received communion at mass and i just i was like these are my family like these these are all my brothers and sisters and i said and i said shared that with my school my small group i said when everyone was passing by each other and high-fiving and oh da, 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 where are you from i am from italia i am i'm from australia and and, and then i said to my mate mate yeah <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. No, <laughs> never again. Don't. <laughs> I, I said to one of the one of the, uh, the under eighteens, I said to him, like all these people that are passing us by, like that's your brother, that's your sister, that's your brother. Like uh, when you receive communion, like you are in communion with God's family, and like not not only just with one point five people here, one point five million people here, but around the world. And it's just like, and that he's like high fiving all these people. He's like, that's your brother, that's your sister, <laughs> and that that just really. And for the first time, like in a while, I, like you can get very serious and whatever, whatever. But I just felt alive again. Like there was this sense of like aliveness, and it's like it's all going to be okay. Like there's hope, there's joy, there's yeah. That was, and that was man. probably a similar thing for me, but it was actually more internal. And I probably spent a little bit more time at, at sort of the hotel than a lot of others. But I was just, um, and the more I've thought about it since being back, the more I've just called to mind moments where I saw people serve each other. 
And I saw, you know, and I, we were really, really blessed to have a lot of people who came on our pilgrimage who didn't see a lot of the pilgrimage because yeah. they came in a complete service role. Yeah. Um, some of which pilgrims would never have actually met. Um, and they did completely unseen roles. Uh, for us, it was uh, like Daniel and Diogo, these two young Portuguese guys who served us for an entire Legend. week, like 10 days. And Shout out. They shout out to the boys. They just did an amazing amount of work, seen and unseen. Um, our nurses, um, allied health team, first aiders. Um, uh, leader supports yeah. that, that did the night duties. Um, yeah. But even within the pilgrimage group, and I think, uh, Joe, you mentioned like you and Kyle and Clara and Andrew who were given opportunities to serve yeah. um, and who stood up. But even within the pilgrims, watching them sometimes serve each other mm. and be patient with each other. And there was one night I remember seeing this group of kids and we'd sent them all out to get some food. Must have been the opening the opening with the Holy Father. And I sat there watching them. I said, oh, well, you get um, you get 10 points for, um, for share factor because they were sitting in a circle sharing food. I said, but you... I've got to take three points off because Doritos and dip, probably not the most nutritious dinner. <laughs> and they said, no, no, this is only the first course. Wow. And they had gone out and shopped together as a group and like pooled their money together and was sitting in a circle and had this three-course meal um, because they were serving each other. And so there was just all these moments that gave me great hope for the future of the church here in Melbourne. Yeah that we, we have a generation of young people who are willing to serve and to go over and above and to, to really um, put their faith in action um, in the lives of their brothers and sisters. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. It's going to get a DJ remix. <laughs> you remember it though, don't you? Planted in my mind. <laughs> Best um, wake up call. <laughs> I was so angry when I heard it. I was like, "It is six thirty in the morning. This is a like, this is what the hell is going on?" And I looked on the screen and then I saw a priest that looked very similar to Father oh, Nick. It was me. <laughs> yeah. I got and I was like, "Oh, life is good again. It's a priest. It's fine." <laughs> that made it all better. You can do all no better. wrong. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, there's so much to be thankful for. And I just yeah. think, like, I just give thanks to God for all the people who did serve on our pilgrimage, who did sort of contribute. I give thanks to God for our, our pilgrims themselves who opened themselves up to coming and being part of the experience. Like, is there anyone that, like, you guys, since being back, have really started to um, be grateful for? <sighs> So many. Um, I think it was funny because I was at um, a lunch last week, which Archbishop Peter was at, and um, 
and you and I were cringing because we were talking about he started to talk about ACYF. But I think the vision of Archbishop Peter um, mm. to speak out boldly that we were going to take five hundred pilgrims, and I know before that deadline came. We're probably with the Doubting Thomases. <laughs> yeah. Um, but his vision and then uh, providing resources and um, to be able to do that, um, definitely. I also think, um, shout out to Max, because um, working alongside with them and just the professionalism, um, we we're saying we've never been so well prepared Um before in, in going on to World so well prepared, but then completely unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've got a lot of new friends like Lisa. Like Lisa. <laughs> Joe, who are you grateful for for your World Youth experience? Oh man, I just yeah, obviously the, all the organising committee. Um, thank you. Um, I'm very grateful for the under 18s. I think they yeah they inspired me to just be a bit yeah just be a bit more youthful and joyful and um it's getting a scripture when i was thinking about this and it was like i thank you lord of heaven and earth because you've hidden this from the wise and prudent and giving it to babes and there was like this this date someone someone from the pilgrimage said to me it's like oh my gosh like aren't you exhausted like oh my gosh that was crazy and then like we did it's like mosh pit at the end of the, <laughs> the end of the pilgrimage which is very safe and fine, <laughs> but it was, it was a lot great of fun. when we were about yeah. to send off a whole busload of yeah. pilgrims <laughs> to the airport. They wanted Wonderwall. We played it like three times. Anyway, <laughs> but there was so just love and life. And um, like, aren't you tired? And I was like, not really. Like, that was awesome. I, I loved that. Like, I, I loved it genuinely. And so that really grateful for them. Shout out to them. Um, uh, so that was my world youth but my gratitude for Rome. Um, I think like the little deep, like just the, the churches are incredible and there's so many little things that go into building something as grand as St. Peter's or St. John Lateran or St. Paul outside the walls. Like but just that little, sa- those sacrifices and those like that little attention to detail to carve out that little thing to make it perfect. Like that, like just that sacrifice and then, and then the ultimate sacrifice, the witness of that, being in the catacombs in Rome, like it's very sort of uber Catholic or whatever, but I'm I'm pretty I'm grateful for for the for the martyrs for the blood of the martyrs who are the seed of the church, like they gave their life so that we could be here. If it wasn't for them, we w- we wouldn't we wouldn't have a church. Um, so that that really inspired me. Like I remember I was going through the catacombs and just like touching the walls, and my hands came out all dirty because I was like, these are all saints buried here. Um, so just that that just that in um, that invitation um, into into the little sacrifices that bring about a, a great resurrection um, and a lot of grace. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I'm grateful for our school and parish communities that have really um, placed their trust in us in accompanying the pilgrims. Um, so to all of the principals and teachers and leaders, the small group leaders especially in the under-18s, they went above and beyond. Um, grateful for our preparation in the Essential Leadership um, Series to prepare for pilgrimage so that we really uh, could be present and be supportive of all. 
to the chaplains who brought such a depth to each of the small groups um, and the practical food hampers that their passes allowed um, that ensured that everyone um, was well fed and supported. Um, and to Ed Simons from Max and um, Teresa Reinhardt and the team here um, to work in partnership. I affectionately call us cousins um, and that it's just going to be um, something that we can be incredibly proud of. Um, I think having a moment in the first Australian gathering and recognising that this is the first of many, many um, opportunities for our students, leaders, teachers. It's really exciting. I'm, um, I kept thinking about John Paul II throughout World Youth Day. Yeah. There was just moments where I just stood back and went, you really knew what you were doing, didn't oh. you? Like, I just, so I'm grateful for him and for his life and influence on the church and the legacy of World Youth Day being something that he's left behind that we can still these years later participate in. I think we really want to encourage our pilgrims to, to really spend some time and reflect on who they're grateful for because uh, a pilgrimage like this doesn't just happen. And as like we've all mentioned, there was all these people working in the background, all the people who actually led the pilgrimage, but all of those parishes and schools and different communities. Have you guys um, got any suggestions as how pilgrims could show their gratitude to those communities and movements and uh, schools, parishes that helped get them to World Youth Day? Well, start conversations. Um, engage, say thank you. Um, ask for opportunities to be able to share like about it and, and, and share your gratefulness. Um, with others so it's a great way to sort of start conversations for the future as well of um, yeah but I think like being willing and being prepared to actually like if someone asks you a question like have an answer prepared of like what was a like significant highlight and yes the crowds and yes those sort of things but like something where really um, yeah I'm a letter writer and I actually think like not even an email, like actually hand write a letter yeah. um, to your principal, to your parish priest, to your grandparents. Like if you know what I mean, lots of pilgrims had grandparents who gave them money and share some stories with them mm. um, because it does, they did journey with you on the way. Like mm. they, it's, it's not just, oh, we pay for this and we don't want to know. Like help them have some of those, not only the big experiences but share some of those deeper those deeper experiences with them also yeah yeah and reach out through um, parish social media you know um, through instagram or facebook or your school um, connections and yeah really profile something remarkable or exceptional um, that you are just really grateful for um, and yeah don't have my first step i think would be to um, make a time with your principal and, and parish priest and just mm. talk it through um, and explore what might be possible. And I said to the under-18s who are on pilgrimage, like, speak to this year's year eights. Mm. It's like they're the, they're the kids who will be able to go to World Youth Day in three years' time when we're going to Korea. So, so get in and speak to the year eights. The I other do thing love I was sorry. I was just going to say I love what um, Pope Francis finished with um, in his final homily. Um on the Sunday was be not afraid. Mm. Um, for those who are a little bit shyer, um, I don't have that problem. But <laughs> um, and 
you know, I'm pretty good at talking away. But if you are that little bit, don't be afraid. People genuinely need to know about this and they actually want to know about it. So don't be afraid. Like, start sharing. And reach out to your fellow pilgrims. I think that's mm. the other thing. Like, you, you had an intense experience together. Yeah. Um, show your gratitude to each other by staying connected. Mm. And obviously, there's a whole series of events and activities that are coming up for us. So, um, we're going to help sort of provide those opportunities. But don't wait. Don't wait till September to reach out to the members of your small group. Reach out to your small group leader and thank them. Mm. Reach out to a chaplain or a bus coordinator or pilgrimage coordinator. Like, keep those relationships going. Um, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Final thoughts with you. Uh, show your gratitude by by your prayer. I'd say. Um, I think yeah, pray for the for, pray for the organisers, but also for yourselves. Um, really deepen your prayer life. I think it's a great way to show your gratitude because that means you're going to stick around. You know. Um, so yeah, pray would be my. You're sounding more and more like Pope Francis every day. But I think too, it's it's through prayer that you're sustaining that relationship with God, Mm. and so prioritize that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. carve it out. Mm. Beautiful. Well, thanks to our usual listeners, all seven and a half of you who have um, <laughs> let us take over the podcast today, um, and thanks to all of our World Youth Day pilgrims who have tuned in. Um, we'll be back. Next week, I think, uh, with our normal, normal, familiar faces. But otherwise, thanks, guys, for coming in and sharing some of your World Youth Day experience. Thank you so much. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, Thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The You Disciple podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.